You are now listening to the Photography Enthusiast Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Photography Enthusiast Podcast. As always, I am your host, Daniel Lee, or Photos by DLEE. Today, not your normal episode. We're going to be strictly talking about the Canon RF 50mm f1.8 SDM lens and going over my audio review of it. No messing around today, we're just going to get right into it. So I got this lens back in April and probably just, you know, doing the usual disclosure. I am not sponsored by anyone. There are no affiliate links on the actual review or in the show notes or anything. There's no affiliate links, period. I bought this lens somewhat with my own money. I say somewhat because my girlfriend bought it for me for my birthday, but usually I give her all the money, so it's still my money. No, I'm joking. But either way, it was not provided to me by any company, all my own stuff, so yeah. And the funny story about that, I'll just tell it anyway, but she is really bad with camera lenses. She doesn't know anything. Like, she can tell you I shoot Canon, but that's pretty much as far as it goes. She can't recognize anything. So she bought the lens for me, and I'm like, yeah, I'll hold on to it, you know, till my birthday, then I'll use it then, sort of thing, when you need to wrap it. But I was actually using the lens for like two weeks before that. Well, as soon as we bought it, I started using it, but she couldn't even tell. I take it out, you know, and she, I take photos of her with it. And she's like, oh, I really like this lens. What, what lens is that? I'm like, it's my 50 millimeter. She's like, oh yeah, really good, really good. Didn't even realize that's the one that's meant to be for my birthday. I'm not meant to be using it for another two weeks. But it was a pretty funny story, I reckon anyway. Even when I unboxed it and that sort of stuff, she still didn't even recognize it. it was the lens I was using for those few weeks anyway. But yeah, so bought completely with my own money. So now that that's that disclaimer done, can sort of talk about it a bit more properly now. Now for most people, technically anyone that's shot Canon has probably heard the term Nifty 50 before. So this lens, I would say definitely continues that name and that sort of moniker of the previous lenses. So if you're not familiar, you know, you actually don't shoot Canon but just listening to this for the fun of listening to it. Previously there was a Canon EF 50mm f1.8, then the 1.8 Mark II, then there was a 1.8 STM and now we got this RF 50mm f1.8 STM but obviously it's RF, it's a new mount. From what I've seen online there's no real optical change so if you look at something like the Canon RF 35mm f1.8 versus the RF, the EF 35mm f2 IS, you would see that with new Canon designs, the lens, the rear element's a lot larger usually and it's closer to the center to make use of that large mount. Whereas when you look at the RF lens, 50mm, it's pretty much the exact same as the EF version. I don't think they really change much. Because of that, I was someone that owned the 50mm f1.8. I was just using that for a bit. And, you know, I never really used that lens. Like, I owned it for several years, but I probably used it less than 10 times, probably, you know, less than 5 times, in fact. I just didn't like the lens. When I use it on my 6D, I didn't like it. It was very soft. The 6D Mark II, it was very soft. I even tried it on the Sony A7 Mark III just because I thought it might be a DSLR thing. But on both that and the M5, it was definitely soft. Do not ask me why, but I decided to just give it a try on the R6 because I had the adapter for my Tamron 100 to 400. So I gave it a try and actually really liked it. And that's what prompted me to buy this lens because... You know, it's so cheap. I think I sold it for like a hundred bucks or 70 bucks or something for the EF lens. It's better than nothing, you know. Sold it, bought this one and you know, I'm impressed to be honest. As soon as I got the lens, I was impressed by the build. So when you look at the build, it's still plastic. It's just like, you know, every other RF non-L lens. I haven't actually held or used any L series RF lenses to compare. 
But if you own the 35mm f1.8, the 85mm f2, all those kind of lenses, they all have the same sort of build quality. It's still plastic compared to the previous one, but I don't know why, it's just the type of plastic they use. I feel like it has a bit more of a premium feel. Keep in mind, I haven't owned the EF STM lens for a long time, but from what I remember, it was a bit more of a glossy plastic build. Whereas with this RF lens, it seems to be more of a matte build. So that alone just makes me feel like it's a more solid, more nicely built lens, even though it's probably, it's still plastic, you know? I don't know how durable this type of plastic is compared to the old EF style. I don't plan to test that either, but in saying that, you know, it does feel better to me. As you know as well, most RF lenses have a control ring. With this one, it doesn't have a separate control ring, so it doesn't have so both the focus and the control, like say the 50mm as the 35 1.8 or the 85mm f2. Instead, you have the one ring which can be customized and chose between the two, so it has a little switch on the lens, so you can either swap it from the control or to focus, which is, you know, a good touch. For someone who doesn't care about manual focus, always uses auto, can keep it in control. If you don't care about the control, you rather have the focus ring, you use both. And even if you need to swap between the two, it's just one tiny switch, so it's not very hard. In terms of price, it's still, I would still say it has, you know, that cheap nifty 50 plastic fantastic kind of feel to it because it comes in at 199 US dollars or 299 AUD. It is more expensive here in Australia than the nifty 50 was Previously, I think it was like only 199 or even less. You could get it for like 150 sometimes. But, you know, with a lens this small, this light, this cheap, if you do anything to it, it breaks, that sort of stuff, it's not going to break the bank to replace. Which is why, you know, to me, I would still call it the Nifty 50 and that sort of stuff. Because, yeah, I'll get into image quality after, but in terms of price-wise and all that kind of stuff, it still definitely does match the name. And you know this is a type of lens that, Anybody first starting out or wants just some 50mm very cheap to play around with, they're going to be purchasing this. Originally, I was quite curious what direction Canon would take. Because for those, you know, obviously who don't know much about Sony, in Sony land you have both the FE 50mm F1.8, which is sort of like the Canon, you know, RF50mm. It's that cheap, more plastic build, autofocus isn't the best, that kind of stuff. But, you know, gets the job done kind of thing. Then you got the 55mm f1.8 Zeiss lens, which is your more premium one. That one's around a thousand US dollars, and I believe it's around a thousand to eleven hundred AUD. I have seen it go as cheap as eight hundred though AUD. And then you got Nikon, I believe their Z mount 50mm f1.8 is around a thousand AUD as well. It's a bit bigger, a bit heavier, but it's really good image quality. So I wasn't sure what direction Canon would take in that regard. And yeah, we obviously know they went the more cheaper route. Considering that the RF lens is pretty much 300 AUD and the RF 50mm f1.2L, that one generally goes three, three and a half grand here AUD. I've seen it go, I think at the moment it's about 3200, which, you know, I look at it all the time because I'm so tempted by it. But I'm hoping that because they've priced it like that, this is what, getting a bit of a bigger picture here, but what I really want to see from Canon is you have your cheap f1.0 f2, so your 3550 f1.8. And you have your 85 f2 which are both all like sub 1000 aud then you got your l lenses the well, we don't even have the 35 at the moment but you know eventually that will come but you have the 85 i was assuming it's a 1.2 as well then you have 35 1 2 50 1 2 85 1 2 so i'm hoping you know they're well not hoping but they're all very expensive like three up three thousand dollars and up so i'm hoping canon i don't know if they would do it but if they would release say a 35 50 an 85 f1.4 and make them around like 1500 AUD that kind of thing like that mid-range 
really focus on IQ, but not what doesn't have the build quality of the L, that kind of stuff, and make them small, compact. You know, like previous with EF, if you use Canon for a long time, they had the EF 50mm f1.4. That lens was smaller. It was very cheap. It was only like 500 AUD, but obviously because it's a really old 20-year-old design, the autofocus motor they used in that is known to fail. IQ isn't that great wide open, depending on copy variation, because... In all honesty, everyone says it's really soft wide open, but I've seen amazing photos with it wide open. I do think it's really dependent on what copy you get of it. But either way, there's a lot of room in there, not only in 15mm, but other focal lengths for them to put something in the middle ground. If I would go for that, discuss that in the conclusion, but yeah, we'll obviously it's all speculation, but yeah. On to image quality. Now, obviously image quality is probably your most important aspect of any lens, because you know, who cares buying a lens that just has poor image quality, especially if you're paying for it. You know, if it's free, then who cares? But like many, got the EF 50mm f1.8 Mark II when I first started photography. Compared to the kit lens, I was blown away. Could create bokeh, could, you know, do all that sort of stuff. But then, you know, it's a long time I've been doing photography. Would have been nine and a half years by the time I got this RF 50mm f1.8. So I wasn't as easily impressed. In that time, I'd owned that previous ones. I owned the Sigma 50mm f1.4 which today is honestly still my favorite 50mm lens. But yeah, I had different expectations coming into it. But also at the same time, I had more realistic expectations of what I can expect from such a cheap lens. Although, you know, over the years I got bored of 50mm, I owned the 35, oh sorry, I owned the 50, that Sigma 51.4, but then I ended up experimenting with 35mm f1.4. Because when I take photos, I sort of like that very minimal shallow depth of field in a way. Not so much, that's the wrong way to describe it. So if you take a photo with, say, a 51.8 compared to a 35.18, you'll get a wider field of view with the 35 and a slightly less bokeh in a way. You could stop down to 50, but that sort of, if you do get a decent amount of, you know, shallow depth of field on a 35 millimeter, it's just a certain look to it. You know, you've got this wide angle view, you have the context of what's going on, but it's sort of like, if you compare it to audio, all the background noise is just slightly turned down. So you've got a bit of context of where you are, but you're still listening to the main speaker talking. That's how the best way I can describe it. To me, that's what 35 is like. Whereas with 50, it's more silenced, a bit more silenced. You can't really hear what's going on in the background. You could just more focus on your subject, which is, you know, your depth of field, eliminating everything else. So it had very different looks. Over the years, I've grown to appreciate a more telephoto look, which... Although 50mm is considered a standard focal length, I do feel like if I was going to say is it more wide or if it's more tele, I would definitely put it on the tele end. Because of my more appreciation of tele photos, tele lenses, sorry, that's why I started to appreciate 50 more and I decided to give it a try. Now, you'll see a lot of reviews compare this RF lens to the previous EF STM lens. And most say, you know, it's the exact same image quality, the exact same sharpness, that kind of stuff. And, you know, even the optical design seems to be exactly the same from what I could see in some reviews. But there's just something about this new lens that is different. I think it is a rendering. Now, in the review, I did mention Ted Forbes from The Art of Photography. When he did his review, even he credited how the RF 50mm did have very nice rendering and, it's, you know, appealed to him, which I definitely agree. I wouldn't say it's the best rendering or the best lens you could buy period, or best 50mm ever, it will definitely, I don't think, ever be considered the best 50mm lens ever on any Canon platform. I don't know, maybe the best 518 from Canon, but, you know, it's a newest lens, so you would expect that at the same time. You know, everyone cares about sharpness, and for sharpness, I would definitely have no complaints about it. Now, I wouldn't call this the most sharpest lens I've ever used, or even the most sharpest 50mm, 
it definitely is sharp, especially if you're using on something like a R6 or R5. Main reason I say is because of IBIS. So this lens does work well with IBIS. I don't ever test like how many stops I'm getting exactly because to be honest, I don't really care how many stops I'm getting as long as it's doing what I need it to. So for example, when I go to restaurants, I take photos of food. I'm very used to being able to drag the shutter slower. So you know, everyone says you should shoot one over focal length, which means I should be shooting at one, one fiftieth of a second at this, the minimum shutter speed to get a sharp handheld photo. Whereas with the IBIS and the R5 and the R6, even when using this R50mm, I can drag it down to one tenth, one fifth of a second without even sort of having to worry. So, you know, sometimes one thing of warning, say you use a lens with IS built into it. So the RF 35mm f1.8 IS, for example, you use that. Then you were to disable IS on the lens for some reason, disconnect that lens, put the RF 15mm on. I found at least on the R6 that that will actually, dis actually disable IBIS. So you have to go into the body to turn it on. Because you do notice the difference and the IBIS really makes this lens so much better than already is. Because you know, I, one day I was shooting it, I can't remember like 1 20th of a second with the RF 15mm, which usually is very easy. I didn't even have to hold that still because the IBIS is that good. But every shot was blurry and I was like, what the hell? And I straight away thought to check. Yes, the IBIS was off. As soon as I put that on, didn't even need to adjust my settings. Just take the photo, the exact same settings without even trying, tack shot. Wide open, it is very good. Like depending on what you're shooting is what, how sharp it is. Like, you know, you get certain lenses that are that sharp that even at the distance then you zoom in to 100%, you'd be able to see so much detail. I wouldn't say this is one of those lenses. Like, in the review, you can see a portrait of me. At that distance, you can still resolve a lot of detail. And that's wide open at f1.8 as well. If you stop down to f4 or anything, like some of the food photos towards the end of the review, the Japanese food, the karaji, karaji chicken, I can't even say it. But that and also that bowl with the ox's tongue and pork neck, those ones around f4, they were a lot sharper. So it really comes down to what settings you're using. Now, if you compare it to something like the RF 35mm f1.8, I would definitely say that lens is sharper, but in, you know, when you look at it realistically, it is pretty much double the price. So of course you would expect it to be sharper. In terms of autofocus, I haven't had any issues with it. Doesn't hunt too much in low light, that sort of thing. It is very noisy, or well, not as noisy as something else. So just to give a bit of context, I pretty much mostly shoot in servo. And because of that, you know, you can hear the focus motor go a lot more compared to say something like a Sony lens. Sony's 35 millimeter I use, they're 85, they're silent, very, very silent. Now, some people might think, oh, just cause you know, I don't do video, why do I need a silent lens? It's better. If you're doing street photography, it's quiet. You're in a more quiet space. You don't want to interrupt people with hearing the autofocus going off. It definitely benefits you. I know because these are more budget lenses, Canon has put these more cheaper autofocus motors in there. I do hope in the future if they do Mark II of the 35mm and Mark II of the 50, they would eventually, or do a higher end 50, they would use better focus models, the Nano USM, more silent. I am getting the RF 100 to 400 soon once I can finally get one in stock. Once I do, that has a Nano USM. It'll be interesting to really compare that to the Canon, to the 35 and the 50. But otherwise, you know, it is a very small lens. It fits pretty much on the camera. You can carry it everywhere without it being heavy or a bother. So that is, you know, probably why they went for that cheaper STM motor as well. I don't know how big the motors are, how big a Nano USM motor is. So I can't really say, for example, I don't know the technicalities of that. But yeah, it is what it is. The autofocus, as I said, no issue of accuracy. IEF works well. 
speed of it, I haven't really done any, I don't think you would do sports for 15 million, but I haven't done anything that really tested it for tracking wise. But just for the general stuff you would use a 15 millimeter for, like food, people, street photography, that kind of stuff, I never have any issues with it. Now, the sort of conclusion of all things of, you know, will my 15 millimeter romance continue? Will I keep using this lens? So I've now used the lens since April. I can definitely say I wouldn't be selling it anytime soon. The only things that would make me sell it would be if I wanted a 15mm 1.4. It would either have to be a very small Sigma 15mm 1.4, which, you know, doesn't sound possible. But when you look at something like their EX lens, that was such a good lens, the 15mm f1.4. If they could make a modern version of that, which I personally think they can, because with the 85mm DN art, they managed to make it smaller, just like the EX lens. So I feel like they could do it. And if they do do it, I would definitely be interested in getting that if it came to RF mount or if Canon did a 15mm f1.4. Those are the two sort of things that would make me sell it. Otherwise, I do like having a 15mm lens. I find they work well for so many genres. So, you know, for 35mm, if I'm shooting something, I know I'm going to be doing more scenery, like street, urban, that kind of stuff. can even do landscapes with 35 That's perfect for that. It's a lot more versatile in that sense. For anything people-related, food, that kind of stuff, I really like 15mm. It's actually pretty good for still life as well because you'll find combination of the focal length and the minimum focusing distance. It's usually gives you enough working distance and sharpness-wise, you know, it's really good as well. Otherwise, those, you know, it's definitely a lens I can see myself keeping, using for a long time. If you're sort of the type of person that you're not too sure which lens you want to use, The way I would say it is, as I mentioned in the review, if you prefer a more wide angle look and you shoot stuff that requires more of a wide angle field of view, especially, you know, you're on Canon R mount, RF mount, then 35 would probably be up your alley if you want something that's more telephoto looking, but still wide enough to get some of the shots you want. You shoot a lot more people. I would definitely say the 15 millimeter is probably more what you like. Because it's so cheap, it's not something that you have to really think long and hard for years or months just to decide if you want to get like it's the RF 15mm with the f1.2 for example that one would take a lot of decision making even me myself I don't know if I would want to buy it looks like a beautiful lens I'm enjoying 15mm but it's just such a large investment probably overkill for someone who doesn't do any professional work to be honest but if you can afford it like if I could afford it I would get it I don't care that I do any professional work but it's more just about the money you know but otherwise I would say the 15mm is the same cheap Plastic, fantastic, nifty 50 you would has always known, but something a little bit better about the rendering, the price, you know, as, don't believe I really went into detail with it in the audio, but the bokeh on it's really nice. So the if you're shooting at f1.8 especially, you'll find the specular highlights are a lot rounder. Generally at f2 is where they start to get smaller. You'll find anything, even with 35mm, if you shoot f1.8 versus f2, there'll be a noticeable difference between the bokeh ball size. But otherwise, you know, rendering is good, autofocus is good, image quality is good. It's not something that you really have to worry about with this lens. If you want something cheap and small just to take as like a carry around lens, this is the lens for you, I would say. Don't even need to, and because of the price, you don't even need to really hesitate or worry about buying it. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this review. Hope this sort of answered your questions. If there's a lens you were interested in buying, I do have previous reviews, which you can find through the feed here or at the photographyenthusiast.com. If you'd like to be notified when I release future podcast episodes or more reviews, you can subscribe usually at the bottom of the page on the photographyenthusiast.com, sometimes at the top if you're at the homepage. Otherwise, thank you very much for listening and I hope you enjoy this.